0: to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Louis D'Souza, and today is Monday, March the 2nd, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time and wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And We're uh, one week away from uh, a little bit of a staff shift because two of us are going to become three of us, Louis. My sister-in-law, Yvonne June, is going to be coming in to join us starting next week. we got that confirmation today. She's. Uh, How can we go from my sister-in-law to your sister-in-law? Hey? I, well, it, I don't know. Is it illegal? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds sisters <incestuous. laughs> Actually, what would be really interesting if we got both sisters-in-law on um, at the same time, that would be fun. Yeah. You know, just turn the conversation <laughs> over to them because the two of them, I mean, they go nuts. That's all. <laughs> but it's going to be good. good. It's going to be good. So I just wanted to let everybody know, want is going to be joining us next week. And uh, she asked me about topics, uh kind of on an ongoing basis. And I suggested stuff that's right in her wheelhouse, stuff that she likes. She... uh well, she has her Ph.D. in statistics, but she previously was pursuing it in the neurosciences and neurobiology, so she's got a lot to bring there. Um, she's into diet and health and basically into a, a wide range of things that all tie directly into law of attraction. I think some of them are going to be things that you like, too, so it's going to be an mm-hmm. interesting mix here. It's going to be fun. Sounds so, great. Something to look forward to. And uh, for today, I thought we'd do something we haven't done in quite some time. We we were doing it for a while Oh, probably about a year ago, and then we kind of dropped out doing it. And I did it with uh, one of my co-hosts last week. It worked out nicely. I did it with um, Cindy. Basically, I'm going to go to one of the Facebook groups, and this time I'm going to go to the group called the Abraham Hicks Vortex Group and just pick out some questions that people have asked about problems they're having with LOA and give you a chance, Louie, and me to uh, voice our opinions. Like, if we were talking to this person, what would we say to them? How would we answer their questions? Mm. So... that sounds good to you, let's get going. And the first one, it's a pretty serious one, too. Um, She writes, anyone in here heal themselves of stage four cancer? My dad was just diagnosed and started chemo, and and it is starting chemo soon. I've been an Aber for 10 years, meaning Abraham Hicks follower. So, I mean, we're going to go, like, right off the deep end with the first question. What do you tell her? Oh, there's loads
1: of things I'd love to say um none of them are overly pretty <laughs> oh, we're going right into controversy all right <laughs> well you know it's, it, it to me is beautiful but to a lot of people death is not so beautiful yeah. and we need to come to terms that we all die we need to come to terms with the beauty of death the perfection of it, the design of it you know none Mm -hmm. of us came to this planet without knowing we're going to die i mean you know physically Mm -hmm. and also from the other point of view is the immortality of soul um so when it comes to somebody else you don't have too much control over their point of attraction you can be uh, an influencer And um, to the degree they want you to influence them. Right. So you love to have your parent remain around on this planet for a bit longer. Um, I've recently had my father pass away, you too. It was your father, was it? Yeah.
0: My mom passed recently. My dad passed about uh, 12 years ago. Yeah, 12 years ago. Wow, 12 years ago. Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) so you know you you've had your mom I've had my dad recently um so uh the, the thing is to have quality of time and not worry so much about when the end's going to be you really want to you know you want to spend quality time and you need to know what quality time is for you and for them and try and merge the two to see where you can come up and, and and deal with it because that quality time could help them heal. That quality time could help them go peacefully, you know? Um, so, you know, to me, it's, it's a lot about appreciating the cycle, appreciating death, Mm -hmm. appreciating the birth and death cycle that we all go through and, and really loving it. So, um you know somebody said well yeah that's easy for you to say what happens if your daughter's killed tomorrow and i said well you know i just have to deal with it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) you know i don't really have a choice
0: (laughs) Uh, you can't
1: bring them back back to life again so you know it's a real tricky one because you know will i feel sad of course i'll feel sad you know that's not a question not an issue um will i understand they're gone somewhere better um that's not really a question because they were always here, that better part of them, and always will be here, and I will be able to communicate with them if I remain very happy and positive. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a long question. So what was the exact words about stage 4 cancer? Can I?
0: Well, it said, first of all, anyone in here, meaning in the group, healed themselves of stage 4 cancer.
1: Right. Okay.
0: And then my dad um, was just diagnosed, and I've been a neighbor.
1: Mm. So, yeah, a, a lot would have to do with, you know, you're a neighbor. How, how much have you managed to pass on to your family, the understanding? And can you work with them on that level or not? And if not, then you have to work with them one way. If you, if they are, then you can work with them another way. So there's a lot of factors to take into consideration. Um, you know, you need to get to know that person's circumstances much better to be able to answer that. And, you know, if they came live onto our show, it would be great because then you can – feel your way through it and and make it help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my first question in my own mind, when I read their question and when I read her question, I should say is what can she tell us about her dad's state of mind? Because like you pointed out, she could be supportive to that if his desire is to heal himself but he's the one who has to be in the right state of mind. So that, that's the first question. She, her question really doesn't address that. So what is his state of mind? And, and I guess we just don't really know. If his state of mind is good, there's a lot you can do to help. First hmm. of all, he, he can do a lot to help. He's going to be doing yeah. most of the heavy yeah. lifting Very, anyway. good point, Very good point, Well, Very good point. You know? And if he is in that good frame of mind, I mean, I honestly believe that when someone is in a good frame of mind um, about healing, about their own health, um, and about improving what Abraham calls their vibration about their own health, then they're already halfway there. I mean, Mm. that's what the law of attraction tells us. So that's really the most important consideration. Where's the dad's mindset right now? Now, in terms of her own ability to support him, then, well, that comes down to her ability to stay vibrationally matched to him healing. And I mean, you can kind of hear in her question, the doubt about that. So, Clearly yeah. she'd have to do a little work on kind of transitioning her vibration upward, ratcheting it up a few notches so she could be supportive of him. Um Again, like you pointed out, maybe he, maybe he's not in a frame of mind where he wants to keep living. Maybe he's kind of done with life. My mom was done with life, mm. you know, and, and many, it was people not, are. many people are, well, actually I think Abraham points out that all of them are at the point that they choose to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, So, and, and that's going to be true for all of us. So, uh, interesting thing, too, my wife and I had a conversation last night kind of tangentially related to this um, because she pointed out that you mentioned my dad. My dad's passing was this month. It was nine days uh, from now, 12 years ago, March 11th, 2008. She says, oh, the passing of your um, dad is coming up soon. And she said it in a way that indicated, no, that's an important thing. Um, and, and for most people, it is an important thing. When, when a loved one passes, the date of the passing is a very important thing. And heck, we put it on to grave markers. You know, we, we put it into obituaries. It, it becomes part of, of the, the lexicon of ancestry when you're doing, you know, family trees and so forth. When were they born? When did they die? I mean, that, this is like a big part of it. And yet my answer to her was, you know, I know this is going to sound strange, but especially after hearing the teachings of Abraham and doing the show and so forth, I don't really pay much attention to the death. I don't. I mean, the death date doesn't make that much of a big deal to me. I can tell you what date my mom died. I can tell you what date my dad died, but I I can also tell you what you know the date is going to be on Friday, and it has about as much emotional connection for me, mm. which is not something that most people experience, you know. So there's that side of it too. I think a lot of the the point behind this question is she's feeling angst. She's feeling a lot of really difficult emotions. And that's really what's at the root of the question. So dividing the question up into pieces so that it can be handled, I think is helpful. First of all, what's her dad's state of mind? That alone will help, I think, shift her because she already knows this stuff. She's an Abraham Hicks follower. She's been following for 10 years. She knows. Hmm. Okay. So that part's not going to be too difficult. Once she knows what her mind, what her dad's mindset is, I think it's going to answer a lot of questions for her. Mm. I Mm think. Yeah.
1: And she probably already knows that. um, But if Mm. she wants to acknowledge the truth of it, that's another story.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well,
1: one of the questions I tend to want to ask people who are leaving, I tend to them, you know, do you want to go? Or do you want to stay? Mm. And the interesting thing is they often don't answer truthfully. (laughs) <laughs> so you start getting to the point of really feeling what somebody's meaning not what they are saying. Mm. and that is an important thing for my wife who's um you know palliative care where she helps people end of life um so you know she 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 knows she like she'll phone up the family and said your mom's going to probably pass away tonight i advise you to come round."
0: right right um, Interesting, you should say that day. too, because as we were talking about this, I was thinking about a former co-host who used to do the Monday show with me, named Pat, Patty Framo, who is a palliative care specialist. So here we are. All oh, right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole cycle going on right here. Yeah. And she would say very much the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Your your monitor's bouncing a lot. I don't know. Oh well, internet it's internet probably internet. me. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just. You know, talk like it these up.
1: movies all all got these moving cameras. You know, it's all so cool these days. They bounce all over the place. <laughs> See,
0: I, I think I'm used to it just because you've got that ChromaCam background and it's and it's kind of bouncing stuff off of your your outline. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, you know, it's like <laughs> so you're you're, you're following the the, the the rhythm. I'm watching the motion. Um, yes.
1: <laughs> so yeah, um, it's a very individual thing. This whole death and parent dying and all that kind of stuff. It's very, very individual. Mm. Um, and I just advise any individual who is helping deal, helping people deal with it is, you know, keep your own alignment. Yes. Because your own alignment will be more valuable to everybody and, you know, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, friends, um, nurses, et cetera, than anything else,
0: regardless of the outcome.
1: Interestingly, enough. regardless of the outcome,
0: yes, yes,, it's yep, true,
1: your own alignment, because that's something you've got control of to a degree <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well that's an interesting point because when we're we're under stress when we're facing something that seems impossible to us, that's when our ability to stay in alignment, it gets really challenged and but you know, it's an accumulative thing, so it's it's not something that. Suddenly it's all like
1: that. It's oh, sure. It's built up and built yeah. up and built up. And each time you've made a decision, a mental decision, and then That's true. the vibration is there and then you're rolling down the hill and then it's difficult to stop. So, yeah, you've got to appreciate that you put yourself into that downward motion.
0: Isn't it interesting? Tearing down the hill. Mm-hmm. How all this stuff is about building up a belief. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> what you think often.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's and when stuff starts to really pile up in the way that you feel like you're going, you're pushing a rock uphill, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where you really find out, okay, how much am I committed to this stuff? How much am I committed to this knowledge that Abraham Hicks has given to me? Because that's where it's tough to do.
1: Yeah. Walt, I had a, a funny situation one day. I, I was teaching somebody, this young girl, 14-year-old girl, and I was saying to her, you know, you know what a belief is. It's just a thought you think often. She says, rubbish. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> she said, well, I think you're a nice person, but I haven't thought about that often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love that. So when I was taken to the cleaners. I couldn't really think about how to answer this. So I went home and I thought about it for a bit. And then I came back the next time when I saw her. I said, you know, that's really a wrong word you used. You said, I, I, I uh, think you're a nice person. Uh, no, I believe you're a nice person, she said. Um, and, I, I, you know, I haven't been thinking about that, you know, about you often. So I said, all right, so there, there's there's grades of it. So there's the word think, and then there's the word think often, which lands into the word belief. So really she should have said to me, I think about. I think you're a nice person, but she shouldn't have said, I believe you're a nice person, if she was going to be accurate to the wording of the words.
0: So I'm going to actually take a little um, different stance on that one. Okay. Because I, I think that actually the use of the word belief was accurate. I think the real question isn't whether or not she believed it. The question was how strong was the belief.
1: After and the strength of the belief is how often she thinks.
0: That's it. based on how often, exactly, yeah. So, so that's I the mean, distinction between think and belief. If you look at uh, the way... Dating works and, you know, leading to a relationship, the first date that sometimes people fall in love on the first date. And I'm never really quite sure exactly what that means other than falling in sex. But um, the fact is that the passion for a person usually doesn't start right from the get go and stay at a high level all the time. It usually builds. There's some sort of a, a of a ramping up period. And it's not that you didn't like the person. You may have liked him right from the get go or you might have liked her right from the get go. But the fact is it took time to build up the passion. Why? Cause it takes time. You have to keep building that belief up. You have to keep thinking it over and over again. So
1: I think well, we it both said the same other way, It just... could be the passion and then over time it gets lower, it gets
0: less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it depends on, on what, how true you are to the, to what you're saying, too. If your vibration is inconsistent, you're going to pretty much tear it down no matter what you try to do. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I really, really like you, as I say to myself, I think to myself, God, I can't stand this person. I mean, you say that often enough, in about 10 minutes, you're going to lose interest. <laughs> the belief is going to be long gone. Well, it's interesting.
1: When you land up with that right person, which I did, It's it's really quite a shock because – all different things of all different ilks and mm. food and movies and places you like to go and you know, just a whole lot of things just come into place. They all fall into one place. And then you like, oh my gosh, how did all this um fit together? And you realize you're a vibrational match and then everything rolls. And it's the vibrational match doesn't necessarily last. <laughs>
0: This is true, this is true. It's interesting you should mention that too because I pulled up the next question that I was going to draw from and in in a sense it it draws directly from what you're talking about there. Actually, I think the question was asked in a broader sense than just dating and relationships. But the question was, what allows the feminine and the masculine to flow in perfect harmony? First of all,
1: people need to really grasp the concept that there will never be perfect harmony on this planet. It's not the design. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. High five. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's easy to say, but it's not something people, you know, the, people often think it going to be peace on earth and things like that. It's, there could be peace within yourself for periods of time, but you will not expand unless you have uh, experiences of what you don't want. You know, it's just not going to happen. So, um, when 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 you know what you don't want, it's um, it's obviously the catalyst to what you do want. But it's um, you know from from their point of view, male and female. What is male and female? I've always had a real big problem with that because I don't really see male and female. I just see soul, mm. or the source energy. So you know, when I, I I went out with my spa Spartans guys, you know, for um, a night out. What was it? Yesterday or the day before.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so at
1: three o'clock in the morning, I'm like coming home <laughs> <laughs> after dancing with, with the dudes, um, with, the, with, with the lads in London. The lads. Um, <laughs> uh, it was really an interesting experience because, you know, my, my foot, I, I tore the muscle. How's that doing, by the way? Um, so I can't run. So everybody was running for the train. Oh, dear. I was... I was walking to the train, and I just visualise it's going to be okay. I'm going to get there. So as I as as I get there, I'm just walking very casually to to the doors, and they're all standing there looking at me. And I said, "Guys, open my hands like this." So guys, it's just going to, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And they just look at me and I get in and they all say to me, law of attraction, law of attraction. <laughs> you used law of attraction. <laughs> well, they got it right. That's true. They did. They did. Because I did visualize it. Um, so where, where was I going with this? I was talking – there was a reason I got around to all this.
0: Well, we are talking about masculine and feminine and, and you were talking about yeah, how masculine that, that didn't mean fe- anything.
1: Yeah. So you're going there and there's all these girls trying to pick up these guys, all these guys trying to pick up these girls and all all the games that that are played in a club, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I was very detached from all of this and really appreciated enjoying it. I mean, I had a lot of fun. I mean, believe me, I had a great time. Um, but you know, I had zero alcohol in me practically. I had one beer early on. Um, and, uh, I was just Dancing away and you know moving, even though I was holding on onto, you know, a rail, uh, no. etc. <laughs> but um, the one footed you know, dance. <laughs> it it actually helped. Um, the next day my leg was even stronger, and you know, really? every day it's getting stronger. So I, I thought it my tire or might get a bit sore at all, but it didn't. And you know, I was looking at the male and female thing, and it's really interesting because, um the underlying desires are the same. The guy wants somebody he can share his life with or, or share an experience with. Um, and the girl is doing the same thing. So, you know, they're both, if you go back to their core wants, they're all the same, you know. And I, I, when, when it comes to different sexes, I kind of see more of the sameness rather than the differences, like, you know the genitals and all the rest of it it's to me that's just a little bit of an outer thing, and there's not much else to it <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know people can make big deals out of it all, and that's oh, fine. they do you know, that's that 's the game they can play, and you know you can make no deal out of it, and that's a game I can play um, so you know it's it's just an appreciation. how can you make them in harmony so harmony would be based around the core aspect of synchronicity with vibration so if you're both kind of in a similar vibration there is going to be that that harmony that they're looking for mm. so um because i know you know when i met my wife etc it was just a bang within five mm. days she was staying in the house um and you know within two days later i knew we were going to we both knew we were going to get married and have kids so you know Within seven days, So it was very, very, very short. But when you find the right person, there's no questions. You know, it's just a matter of fact. It's just going to be as it be. Um, so it's really different. It doesn't mean we won't get divorced or separated, et cetera, But that phase happened. And sure. Abram says if those kind of things happen, it's generally a sign that it can last a long time.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'd agree with that 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, when, when you start talking about feminine and masculine and, and how you were never really sure what those meant, I, I had to chuckle and I was chuckling both outside and inside because that was an issue for me for a long time, really trying to understand it. And I, I finally came to understand it before I learned about law of attraction in a way that Abraham Hicks kind of reinforced for me, um, with the whole concept of belief. In fact, that was really the thought that went through my mind when I read this person's, uh, post, what allows the feminine and the masculine to flow in perfect harmony. My first question was, what does that mean to you, the feminine, and what does that mean to you, the masculine? What's Mm -hmm. your belief about each of those things? Because your belief Mm -hmm. is what's going to drive the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like it's a loaded question. I want you to tell me what allows the two to grow to flow together, but I'm not going to tell you what the two are. (laughs) So the best we can answer is, well, you know, it depends what you believe about each one of them and how... Uh, how much similar vibration the two beliefs have. If, they're, if the two beliefs are quite different, you're going to have a hard time. It's going to be pretty hard to get those flowing in harmony.
1: Well, there's a funny thing about the law of attraction is a teacher has a teacher vibration, mm. but a teacher is not looking for another teacher.
0: That's <laughs> true. Yeah.
1: So a teacher is looking for a student. A student vibration is very different to a teacher vibration, but the want of the teacher is, in, is for a student, and the student's want is for a master, and that's where the synchronicity comes in. And if you look at that from the male-female vibrational point of view, it becomes an incredible harmonious synchronicity, which at its height... If you read certain books about master-student relationships, at its absolute height, a male-female relationship will be a spiritually inclined one. It will be something quite different to what you maybe started off thinking it should be. Could
0: be. Mm. It's a good point. I mean, the way I said it was needed a little bit of improvement because I said that if they were on different vibrations, it wasn't going to work. What I should have said is they were, if they were incompatible vibrations, it wasn't going to work. Mm. Yeah, but but your point is well taken. That's exactly what the truth is. And interestingly enough, that can mean different things to different people as to what is masculine, what is feminine. Mm -hmm. I mean, today, we're now in an age where um, variants on human sexuality are gaining acceptance. Uh, Homosexuality, transgender, a variety of different alternatives are coming to the fore. And it's, it's really kind of, I'll say, destroyed the old ideas about what masculine and feminine meant. I mean, today, masculine means something quite different from what it meant when I was, say, five years old. Mm -hmm. It means something very, very different culturally. To our parents' generation versus our generation. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, and same thing for, for feminine. Feminine means something completely different. Feminine, when I was growing up, was before feminist. The idea of feminist didn't even exist. It was just, it was a non sequitur. It didn't even fit into the conversation today. Today it's almost like assumed, you know, so masculine and feminine mean completely different things today than they did 50, 60 years ago.
1: So it's been interesting. I've been thinking about feminism for a, for a little while recently because from a law of attraction point of view, I always take different groups and I like looking at them. Mm. So if you're looking at a feminist, right, now, the group itself, are they fighting against masculinity or are they fighting for um, – well, not fighting. Are they, are they focused on their completion, on their wholeness, on their not zero vulnerability? And the groups generally aren't focused on, on what they want. They're generally not. And But there are always spurts that come out of it. So, you know, when you really know what you don't want, you start getting a better idea of what you do. Mm-hmm. It comes out of it. So these, these groups, as, the, as much as they're focused more on what they don't want, still have these um, enlightened phases where, where where they follow what they do want with, with their focus. Yeah.
0: So c- carrying on with the uh, relationship theme, I'm going to go on to the next question. The next one comes from a woman who's saying, I'm really trying to understand co-creation, especially as it relates to the pain we feel when someone we love chooses very self-destructive behavior or is not mentally well. I've gotten pretty good at writing my own ship, though it's a work in progress. But even though we're all on our own journey, there's no way not to be affected by this. I am literally processing trauma and I don't know how to integrate LOA teachings. Any thoughts or resources appreciated.
1: It's very simple. Uh, they probably won't like it necessarily that much, but it's really <laughs> simple. You've got one subject, you've got two sides to it, and she's only focusing on the one.
0: That's Elaborate on happening. that. I agree with That's you, what's but, happening. but but you got to be a little bit more clear. I think for somebody who's stuck in the middle of that, because what you just said is not going to make any sense to them at all. <laughs> That's the thing about philosophy, Walt. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) First of all,
1: philosophy has to be practical, and it is. And you have to be able to learn to take the teachings of Abram and understand the philosophy and then apply them to all the different scenarios. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you've got power. So somebody, a wise man once said, and I do consider this individual extremely wise in his day, um, he said, when you start focusing more on philosophy in your life rather than specifics, you are treading the enlightened path.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
1: So, when somebody says to me, "Yeah, that's a very simple philosophy, how do you put it in practical?" I kind of hand it over to walt you know you' you're better at dealing with this i'll I'll talk about the philosophy <laughs> because that is that is my strength and my understanding, and uh, you know it it's really a very, very simple thing. There's one subject. the subject is let let's let's nail the subject down. What is it? Just read the question again.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, it's mainly in the first sentence. I'm really trying to understand co-creation, especially as it relates to the pain we feel when someone we love chooses very self-destructive behavior or is not mentally well. Mm-hmm. And like you pointed out, um, the person's focusing on one side of the equation only. And mm-hmm. actually I would even say they're focusing on one to exclusion of a number of different perspectives. But, you know, generally we yeah. speaking, we usually try to divide things into, into two things because, you know there are basically two kinds of people in the world those who divide the world into two kinds of people and those who do not and we're gonna be among that first group so yeah. so we're, we're gonna say okay two kinds of people and if in this particular instance what's the other kind of person well the first kind of person is the one that she's described which I presume is herself which is someone who is dealing with the pain associated with someone else choosing self-destructive behavior or who is not in her words mentally well And that's the side she's focused on. She is latched on to feeling pain about that situation. And that, I think, is what I was trying to get you to point to. This is where I thought you'd go with it, but I was completely wrong. (laughs) 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 I thought you were going to go to, well, she chose that belief. Mm. And she continues to choose that belief. And, in fact, as long as she continues to choose that belief, she's going to feel the pain. If she really wants to get rid of the pain, she has to shift the belief. The belief has to change. The belief is associated with the idea that she's going to feel pain whenever someone she loves engages in something self-destructive or behaves in a mentally ill manner. And as long as that's the case, that's a setup. That's a setup that that she'll never escape.
1: So, So the first thing we need to make an individual who asks those kind of questions clearly aware is you are asking how you deal with it okay not how you can change the other individual because you can't you can maybe help by remaining aligned but that still requires the other person to agree with it Mm -hmm. they might just get spun out you can get so aligned that they don't want to be around you anymore and they vanish okay so the first thing you need to make somebody aware of is your question is not relating to how to deal with the other person. Uh, Not, not relating to how to change the other person, but it's how to, how you can deal with it. Right. So it's a personal thing. And when you get from that perspective, uh, then, then we can start helping you because you now understand that for things to change, you have to change and you have to understand now, what do you have to change? So what's the subject? The subject is, how do I emotionally deal with uh, another person hurting themselves?
0: And she's made that fairly clear in the last portion because yeah. the last portion she says, "I am literally processing trauma." In other words, she's feeling trauma. Now, th- it kind of it can imply that the other person is experiencing trauma; that could be part of it. But she's—I'm pretty confident she's throwing that in there because she's feeling it. She's experiencing—it's it. a very traumatic experience for her, and that trauma again, is tied to her focus. Her belief that the self-destructive behavior of someone else or the mental illness of somebody else is going to cause her pain. Mm -hmm.
1: So one of the first things there is she's handing over a power to the other person. Yep. Uh, Another thing is if you are traumatized, okay, uh, we know we're doing it to ourselves, so mm. it's like taking a knife to ourselves, um, and that's an important distinction to make. It's not them doing it to you, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it's the you deal. doing it to yourself. Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, this gets banded around a lot in the spiritual circles, and it's called spiritual detachment. And what's that trying to put point out is your clarity that you must keep your own alignment with yourself and that you should allow other people to do whatever they want.
0: Which isn't easy. And And it isn't,
1: especially when you love them. When you love them
0: and you care about them and and you want them to enjoy happiness and joy and so forth and they're clearly in a place that's not like that. Not easy about that. Now, easy or not easy, uh,
1: the concept of love, what is love? You know, when you break it down, you start realizing it's nothing like what you thought it was in the beginning, and humans will often say you're not human if you don't have compassion and love. says it's, it's just you're just not human anymore. You've now you're now following a cult or something or whatever. You're you've gone down a route where you're not human anymore, and you'll find that the very highly spiritual individuals on this planet uh, who have lived and who are still living uh, look. At it from a very, very, very different perspective. They they look at it from from spiritual detachment point of view, and that point of view says this: it says, "I will keep my alignment, and I will allow you to do whatever you want to." Mm-hmm. And that frees the individual up to such an incredible degree that in, it does. That this individual will be completely freed with the full understanding of, and, and practice of that. They will have no trauma whatsoever. They will, have l- they will have more compassion is the word I probably would use, more than anything else. Um, they'll be able to help them to a far greater degree if they're in that place, in that position, if, if in that um, thought process. And, you know, spiritual detachment is absolutely key. Which I really agree. means alignment from an Abram Hicks point of view.
0: Yeah. Spiritual detachment is almost a misleading phrase because it sounds like you're supposed to detach from yourself and that's really not what it is. But uh, It's detaching from everybody else's stuff and yeah. aligning with your stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's well said. And I mean, there may have been people who were kind of looking quizzically at their devices earlier when I mentioned that I don't really think much about Death dates. You know, how could how could he not listen? To, how could he not care about all that stuff? You know that this is all important stuff. Um, my wife was watching a television program today that was all about well, you know, end of life, and it was a parent, two parents talking with their three adult children about well, you know, uh where do you want us to be buried, and you know, um, you know, do you, what what are your thoughts on this? And the, the the kids are doing everything they can to avoid the conversation because they don't really want to give input to the parents about it at all. It's like I, I have no interest in this. But the parents are all wrapped up in, well yeah, but when we're gone you're gonna have to deal with all this stuff. <laughs> and and I'm sitting there kind of like the kids saying, Okay, yeah, you're making a big deal here, but why should I make a big deal out of this? <laughs> it's kind of like reminding me of what Abraham says about death. Abraham says they basically want to be as disrespectful as possible about, it, as possible about death. Yeah. yeah. Because they want to take the sting out of it. They they want it to end this idea. That death is a horrible thing that leads to the permanent destruction of the essence of who you are, which is Mm -hmm. as far away from the truth as it could be. See, the interesting thing, Walt,
1: is you keep on talking about how you're not interested in dates, yet you know all the dates interesting thing is I don't know what date my mom died. The only reason I know what date my dad died is because he died not so long
0: ago on my birthday. So I can't <laughs> forget it. <laughs> well, same thing with my grandmother. My grandmother died on my birthday. So I get that. And, and I don't I, know when the sec- second world war was. I don't know
1: when the first world war is. I don't know when half my kids dates of, year of birth is so i know a
0: date <laughs> um
1: so you know I'll dates tell you are, too, are for, for me numbers are, particularly... are thing to
0: remember i mean i i can tell you what all of my phone numbers were over time and i can tell you i have no emotional attachment to any of them but ask me what my phone number when I, was when i was growing up it was area code 5183779035 i mean i can remember this you know it, it's this that was like what 50 years ago <laughs> I remember numbers. That's just what I am. (laughs) So remembering dates isn't difficult for me, uh, which is ironic because in school I was really bad at it. I think because I just didn't want, you know, what they were shoving down my throat. But if it's anything that I have any kind of of non-angered attachment to, (laughs) you know, where I'm either neutral to it or I love it or somewhere in between, remembering it's easy for me. Remembering a number is really, really easy
1: and always often to block out memories that have caused pain.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that. And
1: I find that is very healthy.
0: Can be. Mm. I think the real question is does, does blocking it out allow you to move on or does blocking it out, give you an excuse to hang on to it and get attached to it in an unhealthy way?
1: Well, the reason you went through it was to focus on what you do want. And mm. yes, if you have continued to focus on what you don't want is unhealthy. If you have fo- followed the rocket of desire, then it is healthy. So mm. yes,
0: that's how it breaks down. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. So now we get an easy question. This one comes with a graphic. <laughs> this one comes with a graphic of a... I'm of sure a can make fog. a difficult world. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, work on it. You know, give it a shot. <laughs> This one has a graphic of a, of a dog rolling around on his back. Have you ever seen a dog doing that? I mean, they do it so yeah, joyfully and so forth. And it's like human stretching a little bit. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And So it's going to be interesting in, in the context of what the person posted. It was just a very simple question. What does allowing mean to you? Mm.
1: <sighs> I remember I said to my mom, May the blessings be. She said, why do you keep on saying that? Be what? What do you want them to be? I said, just let them be, mom. but be what? I said, just let them be. so, I started singing the song, of course, let it be, let it be, let it be,
0: let it be. Um, don't, so don't quit your day job. No, my wife says the same. <laughs> um, so read the question again. Very simple. What does allowing mean to you? So
1: allowing. So let it be, let allowing. So allowing is is not enough really. So I would like to say allowing and then I will say low resistance and I'll say low resistance. When, when you've got low enough resistance, you will have enough allowing. So um, allowing is getting from what's in the vortex, out of the vortex into the bank or the car or into your partner. Um, so that, that allowing to me is – connecting with source energy and and manifesting that's the simple answer
0: i'd say you're right that's exactly right especially if we're going to express it in the positive rather than in the negative it's easy to express in the negative allowing is letting go of what you don't want but it's much better to express it in the positive the way you just said it's reconnecting if you're disconnected or connecting with source energy that's exactly it it's it's connecting to that high vibrational place and the the moment you're high vibrational the moment that's the moment you're allowing
1: the thing I learned from Abram Hicks Walt was very interesting because I never understood that that vortex, that higher place, is actually personally created by me, with a with with a vault of everything I want. Or a bank <laughs> or. I didn't, yeah. You know, I always looked at it as the God energy or the Source energy, you know, something way beyond me. But now I'm looking at that space in a in in a sense of something i created but that is in alignment with everything i want and it's in harmony and it's in alignment with source and therefore i can access it and I, therefore i can manifest it uh you know if you can believe it or think about it you can manifest it
0: that's true yeah very good okay well, now we got a question. That's good. I've never seen this question before in on an LOA group. Never. This is a different one. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I have always wondered why Abraham doesn't laugh. They just smile, but they never laugh. I've never come across a question in their workshop where a person asks this. And I don't know if there's anyone, any, any, if these anywhere, they explain why. I think you know what that means. <laughs> and, well, then, I
1: can answer the question.
0: And then the person concludes, maybe it's not good for Esther. I don't know. <laughs> So what's the
1: answer? So um, Jerry once said to um, Abram, Jerry once said to Abram, I'm going to get you to laugh one day. (laughs) (laughs) And they have been asked many, many times why they don't laugh. And the answer is very simple. And it's an interesting one has many ramifications the answer is the reason anybody laughs is they are surprised it's not what
0: they expect that's a very good point
1: and there's nothing that they don't have never have there's nothing they haven't heard before don't mm. know yeah so there is no
0: surprise <laughs> right that also that gives me something To kind Mm. of follow up on in terms of the question I've asked myself many times, why do people keep coming back here for the physical experience knowing they're going to deal with all kinds of difficulties and so forth? And the answer in part is if you don't come back here, you always just always know the answer. You know all of it. There's nothing left to know. Whereas when you come back to the physical world and you lose some connection with all of, of that knowledge, now it's almost like you're relearning it again. It's like you're that's, going through the process of just you know what you went through the first time you were learning it all. That that's a great aha, Walt. You know that that is there's still clarity
1: on that that I want, but that is the reason we come to the physical universe is to play with the contrast for expansion. But now you're starting to see it from another point of view, and it's perfect. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah, and, and to me, it's a lot yeah. easier than we come here for the purpose of experiencing contrast in order to pursue our own expansion. I, I think it's just much easier Not to say. Not our own it.
1: expansion, sources expansion.
0: Well sources expansion. But, but yeah. you know, I mean, it, to me, it's a lot easier to say, I came here just so that I could go through that process of growth of what, what I went through in order to learn it all and experience it all over again. That actually says it a lot better for me. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, well, sure. Because it's a lot. The journey is fun when you look at it that way. The journey isn't so much fun when you're dealing with that stage four cancer with your parent and you're not sure how to handle it and you're, you're feeling all kinds of feelings you don't really want to feel because of a belief system you built up. That part's not so easy, perhaps. But when you understand that you came here in order to experience that so you could relearn the stuff because it was fun to learn once you got through and learned at the end, well, yeah, because learning and actually making progress feels good. That mm-hmm. part, no matter what you've been going through, which is why you get people like, you know, our friend Joel who talked about how he was uh, a, a gambling addict and homeless and uh, thrown out of his family and in jail. And that was the best thing that ever happened to him because from mm. that point on, his life became wonderful. Mm. You know, so there's an example of it. Somebody who really, really put themselves into a bad, bad place so they could grow right back out of it again. <laughs>
1: and it's interesting i always know that when i'm sicker when i'm when i'm really sick Hmm. it's far easier for me to use the bits of knowledge that i've gained along the way to get myself well much faster yeah so when you really hit the one side it's really easier to swing over to the other side no doubt when you're in the middle it's like it's very difficult Mm -hmm. to see what's what you know it's the clarity is not as clear and that when the contrast is bigger, it's much easier to see.
0: I will add one thing to the observation that you shared about Abraham's reason, which I thought was a good one, that nothing ever surprises them. But Abraham may not laugh, but they love having us laugh. Yes. Because every well, single I don't workshop, think they
1: love it. I don't think they mind. They, You know, if we didn't laugh at their jokes, I don't think that it would have any effect on them whatsoever.
0: No, but I don't think that – has anything to do with whether or not they love it? Loving it to me is being in that flow, being in that vortex. It's it's being totally connected, and they're of course always totally connected. But there's just one more way to be connected. And it, I think it's the I, same I think thing that, that, that a that's, comedian. That's has. the exact point.
1: I agree yeah. with you. They, they, they are saying you know, you're coming to our seminars to get more in alignment, and laughing is part of alignment. And and they I spend a lot of time thinking
0: funny statements at the, at the webinars, at the seminars, rather. I mean, they, they do it a lot. Most of the Esther's initial um, monologue as Abraham is just chock full of humor. I mean, that, and that's like patterned. Every single show is like that. Mm. You know, so clearly they like, they love it. But otherwise they wouldn't keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. I just think that their
1: goal, from what I can see, is very, very clear. Their goal is simply to help people understand how to gain. They, they said to them, guys, everybody sells. You know what we're selling? We're selling alignment. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. It is. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. And, you know, I consider myself somebody who sells alignment too. Um, <laughs> and, and and that that is great. You know, I mean, you start realizing that alignment is everything.
0: It's true. Well, actually, that's why I subtitled the show "Your Daily Dose of Happy." I'm selling alignment as well. Mm. I do it five days a week, mm. you know, and I and I love it. And I'll probably do it for the rest of my life because I love it that much. I mean, this it's, it's just fun. You know, hey, guys, let's get aligned today. What do you say? You know, kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, a uh, teenager, and friends were trying to lead me astray into the world of alcohol and drugs and so forth. Come on, let, you know, let's go have a beer. Let's go have a joint. Let's go have this, that, or the other thing. Except that in this case, it's actually good for you. <laughs> I like the contrast on that. <laughs> well, it's the whole thing about habits. You get good and bad habits, isn't it? Right, yeah. exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> and again, you've got one subject that has got two sides.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. the
1: important thing that I feel a lot of people who are asking questions, like in this group, the important thing, Walt, is to understand clearly the subject you have a problem with. What is the subject I have a problem with? Yeah. And understand that petting your dog is not a thing that you have a problem with. <laughs> petting and your dog is often a solution. This subject. Is a, yes. <laughs> this subject is a subject I have a problem with. Mm. So once you break down the subject and make it clear for yourself, um, you can start changing your vibration on that subject. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a good question to ask. You know, what exactly, how,
1: how'd you phrase it? What's the subject that you have an issue with? That
0: you know? they have an issue with, right, yes. What's the subject? That's good because any time that we're, when, like you say, when we're asking one of these questions like they're asking in the group, and, and that's what the group is for. It's a good thing to do. Um, but every time we're asking one of those questions, there is a question we have neglected to ask ourselves about, about how do I feel about this thing, about what, what, what's The, my the
1: other aspect of the question is to understand that what is your problem with this question? What is your problem with your naughty kid? Not what's for a problem with the naughty kid.
0: Oh, yes. What is
1: your problem with your naughty kid?
0: <laughs> By the way, the answer is contained in part in the question because you described it as naughty, which means that you have attached a moral um, attachment to the kid in a your focus. mind. It's a focus. Yes, that's better. Uh, uh, a moral focus to it. And you're the one who did it. To me, that's the big point right there. You're the one who did it. You're the one who attached it to the kid. The kid didn't attach it to himself. You attached it to him. The kid has absolutely no care one way or the other about whether you think that he's naughty other than will I be able to get my food and, and keep my bed. Other than that, he doesn't care about naughty. <laughs> that was your perception, not his. Walter, I was teaching LOA to this lady in the,
1: in, in the sauna just the other day, and uh, she was bringing up her big problem with her daughter's addiction to screen time. Mm. And, and I was saying to her, what is your focus? Is your focus with the subject? F- first of all, I brought it around to understand that it's her problem. Mm. And I asked her what her problem was. And her problem was that she didn't like what other people were doing.
0: Mm. Phrase it that way. It's quite different. <laughs> That's a bit harsh, I mean, yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: I said to her, have you spent time thinking about how beneficial screen time is? Oh. <laughs> and that was, didn't go down particularly well either.
0: Yeah, um, that, that's but, a hot button right there.
1: <laughs> but. You know, when, when you've got a problem with, with with your children's screen time, it's because you are focused on what you don't like about all these things. And therefore, mm-hmm. guess what's going to happen? They're going to spend more time watching those shitty programs, mm. the killing games, the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, so forth. Uh, where they would tend to rise to your level of expectation if you saying, oh, are you watching um, – What's that? National Geographic on on on, on, on Egypt. Or? National Geographic, I <laughs> Something educational, at least. Right, right. Or an opera or a play. Or <laughs> you know, oh, and funny. and vi- visualizing these things can be quite useful.
0: Mm, that's true. I'll close. Uh, with, uh, well, we got like five minutes left. I'll, I'll make sure I get our promotional announcements in there, but I'll also close with one thought that person. Uh, Post it here, and I want to see what you think. The person said, uh, she says, every positive emotion has a counterpart, negative emotion. We are all activating each end of the stick, but we can choose. It's kind of a softball, but what the
1: heck? Mm. <laughs> no, most people are softer than me.
0: <laughs> I think she's right. I think that's essentially it. We do get to choose. That's the whole point of having a two-ended stick. Mm. course it's also helpful to understand why it's a 2 ended stick in the first place because it isn't just that it's positive and negative and also
1: why you tend to go down the same route again and again
0: yeah oh yeah that's true when you start understanding that you start understanding the law of attraction but specifically in the in the realm of abraham hicks uh the 2 ended stick has a very specific meaning because on the one end of the stick is the thing you want and on the other end is the lack of the thing you want it's very very specific yeah So I want to remind people who are not yet subscribed to the podcast to become subscribers if uh, you are so inclined. Hopefully you're enjoying this. This is the kind of good conversation you get every single day that you tune in. And we're doing this five days a week, Monday through Friday. Um, So you're getting five shows a week. That's 20 shows a month. And they're all free. I mean, how much better can you get than that? Especially when you're contrasting, talk about contrast, contrasting this program with some of the other programs that are out there, like 99% of them that are focusing on a whole bunch of negative stuff that nobody really likes very much. We focus on what you like. So, you know, subscribe and, and you know, find that what our 600 odd subscribers are already finding that, you know, this actually helps pick you up. This helps you feel good just by listening to the show every day. And heaven forbid, you might even decide to actually send us an email or a note, and then we include it in the show, and then you feel even better. That's what we call your daily dose of happiness. So, so even better. Come on live. Let's have a chat. Oh, that would be great. We don't get that too often, but every once in a while that happens, and that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nothing like having a listener come on. And by the way, we're we're very supportive. We don't tear people down, just to let you know. Um, But uh, very simple to subscribe. Just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net, and you'll see right at the top of the page instructions on how to subscribe. takes one, two, maybe three clicks, and then you're done. And all of our episodes are coming right to your device. Plus, you can check us out on YouTube because we live stream these recordings as we're recording them to YouTube. Um, just do a search for LOA Today podcast videos and subscribe there, and you can see the YouTube videos as well. So two different ways to subscribe. And a reminder, once again, uh, my sister-in-law, Yoona, is going to be joining us next week, so two will become three. And, Louie, I'm going to be really curious to see what you think about the, the new dynamic. Gonna yeah, it's going to be a very different <laughs> dynamic. This is not going to be the Jinjitsu dynamic with your sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law is on a different tack. She's, she's more Joel-like in a sense. And um, mm-hmm. Literally, I connected the two together. Because when we visited them, my brother and sister-in-law in Florida in January, one of the things that came up in conversation is that she wants to write a book on the importance of struggle in terms of human development, which is exactly what Joel talked about so often. So I said, well, geez, you got to be talking to Joel. So I put the two in touch with each other. They had a long conversation, and the bottom line is they're actually both working on books at the same time, so they're going to be kind of collaborating on each other's books and reading each other's material and giving each other feedback. Yeah, Yeah, so it's going to be kind of like having a female Joel on the show, so it's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Joel's a great guy. He is. I love him. He's great. I, I miss him. He's going to be back, I'm sure, at some point, because he was – actually, Yona was my first co-host. After about a year and a quarter – actually, about a year, um, she had to drop out because of a change that went on in her life. And within weeks of that, I was able to reconnect with Joel, who I had interviewed on one of my first shows. And he did the show with me for about, oh, I want to say two years, two and a half years, and then he had to take a break because of something that happened with his um, – both his career and his adopted sons and then he came back again I think that was December of 2017 and stayed with us until this past September when I shifted the schedule around and he couldn't keep doing it anymore than the new schedule so clearly he has a pattern of coming back and I think it's going to happen again I just can't tell you exactly when it's going to be but that's what I keep focusing on that's one of my things I'm trying to attract into the show (laughs) brilliant Good stuff. Good stuff. So, what do you think? Do you, do you like doing this uh, Q and A off of uh, stuff on Facebook? Should we do that some more?
1: Yeah, anything. I mean, uh, I'd love live live chatting. Oh, yeah, well, wow, that's much better. Sure. Um, you know, then you can you can dig a bit deeper. But um, yeah, we can we can take questions from anywhere. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure how much we're going to do that in the next few weeks because it's going to be uh, bringing you on and learning about her stuff and seeing how the new, new dynamic works. I'm, I'm completely that, flexible. You can throw anything at me from any angle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll see just really how doesn't... much you can flex. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Challenge. Let's go. go. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time. here on LOA today. Goodbye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> God, be